Hey there, it's Matt Williams. I am the Drone Mentor and welcome to episode eight of the Drone Mentor podcast. Hey there, it's Matt Williams. I am the Drone Mentor and welcome to episode eight. I can't believe that we are already eight episodes in. What a crazy adventure this last five weeks, if you listen to this live, have been. If you listen to this in the future, then hopefully there are many, many more episodes that have come out since this. But uh, yeah, absolutely crazy. And uh, you guys are absolutely incredible. So give yourselves a round of applause. Give yourselves a little pat on the back. And um, yeah, for being part of this community. And if you're new to this, welcome to the Drone Mentor community. We're here to help you learn, build and grow, not just as a drone pilot, but as a person and hopefully into a business that can thrive and survive and succeed in what is, I would say, this infantile industry. And although it's been around since, you know, I would say, what, 2013? 13, I suppose, was when we kind of um, saw the drones coming um, and, and mass adoption of drones. Um, you know, we're still fairly, fairly young, fairly new, lots of people coming in, lots of new blood, lots of fresh people. And because of that, that's why, that's what fuels really the story behind the Drone Mentor. So yeah, come and join the crew. Come and join our Facebook group. We've got a private Facebook group. Um, we've got lots of things coming all the time on the website as well. So make sure you um, you follow those. You can find the Facebook group, by the way, by going to um, thedronementor.com. Click on the contact tab at the top of the, pa of the page there at the top of the screen and, um, and then click on Facebook and it will take you through to join our Facebook community. You just have to answer a few simple questions, agree to a few simple and straightforward rules just to protect everybody in there. And uh, we look forward to seeing you inside. And as I say, it is an incredible community. So thank you for all of you who have joined and hopefully will look to join in the future. Loads of resources in there as well, um, as you'll find across the whole of the Drone Mentor suite if you like now, um, in terms of what we deliver on the podcast and on the blog now and uh, lots of downloadables and things like that. So make sure if you haven't done so already, go to um, the dronementor.com website and download your Droner's Guide, especially if you're new to this or you're thinking about getting into the drone industry. Um, it's a free 19-page book at the time of um, recording this podcast, which walks you through the strategy that you need to be thinking about, the, the kind of seven steps, if you like, to building a successful drone business. So yeah, go and uh, Connect, collect that and you can find that by say going to the website and click on the um, the free book tab at the top of the screen and uh, yeah have a read and let me know what you think and uh, drop me your thoughts hello at the drone mentor.com is where you can get hold of me and uh, it's great to have those conversations um, every day right so today um, we're going to be talking about what I think is going to be the next big thing in the drone industry and I think the, there are lots of indicators of this, um, but I think as soon as you start to see certain companies bringing out certain types of drone, you know that it's about to become mainstream, right? And in this case, actually, DJI, you know, the, the main, uh, at the time of recording the podcast, the main company who produced drones all around the world, I think it's something ridiculous, like 90 percent or 92 percent of the market share is all dji which is incredible when you think about it um, so where are all the competitors that's the big question right the big question on that one but uh, anyway um i guess once you've got that foothold in your technology is so good it takes people a long time to bridge the gap and then to uh, to start to catch up but i know you know when you see dji um in this case bringing out these types of drones you know that they are going to be the next big thing i would suggest 
Um, and there are a number of reasons behind that, not just the reason DJI, uh, because DJI have bought one out. And actually, I'm looking by the sounds of things, if the rumour mill at the time of recording this is to be believed, that it looks as though they're actually going to bring more of these out in the future. And what I'm talking about, if you haven't twigged on already, is... FPV, first person view flying. That is, in my opinion, the next big thing in the drone industry. If you want to have the opportunity to stand out and maybe get the bounce, maybe get the jump on some other people who might have started to gain more momentum than you might have done um, so far, or you know, you want to get into something else, then for me, FPV right now is the way forwards, okay? Um, particularly, I mean, I've always talked about drones in terms of data, right? The big data um, problem that drones create is that the amount of data you can capture with a drone is incredible. And that's why data-hungry um, industries or verticals within what is now the drone industry, um, I think, are adopting drones at pace. You know, the um, engineering and inspection and surveying, that kind of things, um, because it's a big data solution that the drones deliver. I think it's actually a big data problem that the drones create because um, it's handling the amount of data, but we're getting better at that. You know, storage is getting cheaper all the time. Um, computer hardware is getting faster um, in accordance with, is it Moore's Law? Gosh, that's taking me back now. Um, you know, computer hardware is getting much faster all the time, so we can handle that data. But um, yeah, bringing it back down now, I think it's about FPV. And, and there's a number of reasons behind that. And like I say, uh, the reason I say I think you can get the jump on people is because it's taken us back to, at the moment, while I'm recording this podcast, um, the DJI element aside, and we'll talk about that shortly, it's taken us back to a place where all of a sudden, the people who are thriving and will continue to thrive and the people who are going to thrive in the FPV space within the drone world are those who are willing and able to put the time in to practice, put the effort in to practice. And if I'm honest, are able to spend some money on what it costs to get into FPV. You know, there's an initial outlay, but I think you have to set aside a fair amount of cash to um, to be able to offset any accidents and incidents. And this really takes us back to where we were when it was single rotor helicopters that we started flying with, right? And if you haven't listened to the story already, go back to episode one, listen to um, kind of the journey of becoming the drone mentor. That's where we started out. And, you know, there are a bunch of reasons behind why we made it a success. I'd spent years flying model planes, model helicopters. You know, at the time, yes, I was fortunate enough to have a little bit of money to be able to invest in the aircraft. And certainly when we launched the business, we got into a position where we did um, and we could then iterate very quickly. But it's similar in FPV. Not, I don't think, to the same extent that it is, you know, if you crash a model helicopter and you're looking at a thousand pound write-off. Although that being said, with certain FPV aircraft now, that is um, is becoming the case. Um, but yeah, I think if you can get over those barriers and if you're willing to put that time in or willing and able to put that time in to learn that, then it becomes a skill-based um, a skill-based product that you are delivering. Okay, And all of a sudden, not everybody can do that. And that's where we are in a place with the drone world where, you know, let's face it, anyone pretty much now can go out and buy a Mini 3 Pro RC and effectively be able to capture pro. And I use that term very loosely because I know, you know, when we're shooting professional gigs, we're flying hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of camera equipment and, you know, to get a certain sensor and lens combination in the air. I understand that. So I'm not comparing it to that at all. But the type of the quality of the footage and the type of flying you can do and the quality of the flying um, you can 
do very simply, you know, the day you take your Mini 3 Pro out of the box, you can do the master shots type thing where you, you know, do a helix around a person or do an orbit around a point of interest. For us to do that in 20, well, in 2010, 2011, 2012, before kind of the flight controllers all had GPS built in, for us to do that was a manual process that was very, very challenging. It was very, very difficult. It took a lot of practice and a lot of skill to pull that off and make it look good. And now you can just do it, okay, um, with a normal drone. FPV for me is getting back into that space at the moment, okay? You know, you look at the, the, the guys and girls who are out there who are crushing it and making these amazing FPV films that I think, you know, again, at the time of recording this, we can all agree we're starting to see getting shared on social media. We can start to see on the openers of Netflix films and things like that. Um, other uh, streaming services are available. Um, we're not sponsored by Netflix, but if they want to sponsor us, then that's cool. Um, although I always said I'd never take sponsors on the podcast. But yeah, so, um, you know, we're all starting to see those things now. You know, people doing fly-throughs of buildings and bowling alleys and um, car showrooms and things like that. It's awesome. But it only it only looks awesome if it's done right. I think FPV is one of those things that looks awful or has the potential to look really, really bad unless you are quite good at it. Okay, and the only way you can get good at it is to practice. And here's the thing, right? If you are willing and able to practice, if you're willing and able to put that time in, I think the rewards are going to be massive. So um, if you listen to the episode previous to this, the Monday Motivation podcast, I talked about um, setting goals. And one of the goals that I have set for myself for the next 12 months is to learn how to fly FPV and how to fly FPV properly so that I can do it to a commercial standard or what I would consider to be a commercial standard, you know, a very high standard where I'd be happy to sell my services as an FPV, a professional FPV pilot. And, you know, I'm not coming at this blind. I flew FPV with... Um, you know, quite a lot back in the day when uh, myself and a chap called Tom Patterson, who is the chief instructor over at UAV Hub, the training company that I own at the time of recording this. And, um, you know, we we used to fly FPV together quite often and, you know, had a fair few crashes, but really enjoyed it. Uh, we didn't do nearly as much as I hope or wished we would have done at the time. And I wish I'd have kept it up, to be honest, because, you know, well, it's like anything, isn't it, I suppose? It's like, you know, I wish I'd carry on playing piano at school because now I'd be a concert pianist. I've never played piano, just to caveat that. But yeah, um, you know, it's one of those things. If you stop doing it, then I guess you're never going to become an expert at it unless you stop once you've been an expert and then it's probably pretty easy to get back into. But yeah, I that's what I've set myself is to go out and practice because Tom and I used to do quite a bit of it. I've still got all the gear, um, albeit it's kind of fairly old and it's, um, it's all analogue gear now and FPV is moving more digital, although lots of people are arguing that the analogue side of it, of that vertical within the industry, of that um, of that hobby, of that kind of way of flying is better because when the signal starts to break up and degrade, if you're going through buildings or round objects or potentially behind things that are shielding the signal, then it breaks down in a uh, kind of linear fashion. You start to lose the picture. Um, it starts to go kind of snowy, um, but you can still see often and you've then got an awareness that things are going wrong or that you need to um, come closer or you need to get away from that obstacle um, to regain the signal before you totally lose a signal and one of the issues I think with the digital side of things is that um, you lose that signal it's kind of like a clean cut generally um, which isn't good when you're flying FPV um, and yeah and I, and, and I think for me one of the reasons I'm so 
convinced that it's going to become mainstream is because it's gone from, you know, Tom and I building our own drones um, and soldering components and all that sort of thing, which is an amazing side of that uh, that kind of um, type of flying and, and that element of the hobby. But if I'm honest, right now, I don't have time to be buying the kits and building the kits and, um, and test flying them and programming the PIDs to get the aircraft flying how I want it to. Um, that's kind of programming the flight controller. Um, you can change and adjust the settings in there um, and, uh, and make it fly how you want it to. And yeah, I don't know. For me, that 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 isn't where I want to be with it. Okay, maybe when I'm you know older and I've retired or whatever it may be. Not that I'm ever going to retire much to uh, much to my wife's dismay i think but uh, yeah i think that's one of those things maybe in the future i'll do that but right now what i want to do is i want to get one of the you know get into fpv properly and practice and i think dji bringing out their fpv drone and it came out like a year ago right um, and not many people have adopted it which again i think for me is a really interesting indicator because I think a lot of people are scared of it because of the cost barrier, because of the fact that they know they're probably going to crash, because of the fact that you need a spotter with you if you're listening to this in the UK. Uh, it's probably very similar in lots of other countries as well. I certainly know of a few where you need to have a spotter with you whilst you're wearing the, the first-person view goggles. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, that barrier is a great thing for you if you want to be at the forefront of the next big thing. Because actually, use that barrier as an advantage to you, right? That barrier is what's going to stop what's happened in the drone industry, in the hobby end of the drone industry, as I would like, probably call it, where people have gone out, they've bought a drone and they charge people 50 quid or $100 or whatever it may be to go and capture a little video or to go and, you know, take some shots of their, um, their house when they're selling it, whatever it may be. Okay, that is a saturated market. Move yourself outside of that saturated market and get into something like FPV. You know, at least with the FPV side of things, you're not into you know the, the the actual what I would say is a barrier, right? It's more of a hurdle, I think, the getting into FPV and needing a spotter with you and needing to outlay maybe on two aircraft in case you crash one, so that you can carry on flying that day and you can keep practicing. Um, it, it, the barrier is I think at the next level up where you go into kind of, you know, your Matrice 300s or your M210s at the time of recording this where you're outlaying 20 or 30,000 pounds, 20 or 30,000 dollars to um, to get those aircraft. And, you know, that isn't the case with FPV. It's it's like you can get a couple of those drones for the price of a Mavic 3 Cine, um, get a couple of bodies and, and go and crack on and go and practice. And do you know what one of the best things is about it is that there are some great simulators out there. So I, as I say, have set myself this, um, this goal of becoming good at FPV by in kind of 12 months time is what I want to do as the very latest. If I can, I want to do it within six months time or at least be competent within six months time. So what I'm doing, I've set myself this goal. I've set myself a mini task. And again, if you don't know what I'm on about with this, I've got a success box set with this kind of goal in for this week that every day this week, I'm going to do a minimum of 30 minutes of FPV practice in a simulator. And then just to loop back, if you don't know what I'm on about when I'm talking about success boxes, go and listen to this week's Monday Motivation podcast. It was episode seven on the podcast there. And you'll learn about success boxes and how I use them and I implore you to use them as well to move forwards. There's even a download associated with that podcast as well that you can download uh, the same sheets that I use every day to uh, or every week, I should say, to make sure every day I'm motivated and ready to go and, um, and I get things done and I start to achieve things that get me on the way to my goal. 
my goal is this FPV thing and um, yeah, 30 minutes a day of practice as a minimum. So I've literally got a timer. Um, we actually use it weirdly to, to time the kids. So it's a countdown timer and, um, and we use it when they're on things like Xbox and PlayStation um, to make sure they only do 20 minutes at a time. Um, and I set that to 30 minutes. I turn the sim on, set that to 30 minutes and do some flying. And at the moment, I've got two different types of simulators that I use depending on if I'm honest, how much time I've got to um, uh, around the the 30 minutes I've set aside. And that is in my calendar, by the way. That's the way to do it, right? I've got 30 minutes in my calendar every single day that is boxed off for practice, okay? And this is how dedicated I think you need to be if you want to be successful at this, if you want to become a kind of professional pilot. If you don't, you just want to do it for a hobby, that's cool. Set aside 30 minutes anyway, I'd suggest, and box it in your diary so that you've got 30 minutes of playtime um, every day so that you can uh, get some relaxation and recovery. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And for me, I'm using the DRL simulator, the Drone Racing League simulator. Again, this isn't, I'm not sponsored, right? This isn't a plug for them. Um, it's just very good. And uh, we've got an Xbox um, Series X, it happens to be. And um, I've downloaded the DRL um, simulator on there. And it just means if I want to, I can just flick the Xbox on. I think it was about £7 or something, £8, so about $10. You know, it was very, very little money for how much I'm getting from it. And do you know what? It flies really well, um, particularly if you get, you know, certain models within there. Um, and it's great if you're just starting out and um, and if you do want to improve and get better. Yes, it's more around the racing side of things, but there's freestyle options in there as well where you can just go and practice your flying. And it's getting that hands on the sticks. It's getting that muscle memory um, you know, embedded, ingrained into um, into your mind that is what's going to make the transition, Hope well, I'm hoping, um, back for me, back to um, the actual live FPV, so actually going out and doing it with an aircraft um, a lot better. And you know what? I picked it up and it within a couple of minutes, probably, I was back to like, oh yeah, I remember this. This is cool. I can fly through gates. I can, you know, go around obstacles. I can go through not small gaps, but, um, you know, not as small as I would have used to have done or would like to be able to, but I'm getting there, right, by doing half an hour a day. And I've only done a couple of days, three days at the moment of this 30 minutes thing. I had to play around with it a couple of weeks ago just to see what it was like. The other one, um, the other simulator I'm using is a one called Liftoff. And um, that is on my Mac. Um, I've got it through the kind of Steam store, if that's what you call it. Um, it's Liftoff Simulator. And for me, that is a different animal, right? Because I have actually got my Tyrannus um, transmitter. So the transmitter that I actually used to use for FPV, I've dragged it out of the loft, I've charged it up and it works miraculously. Um, but you can tether that with a USB cable um, to your computer and you can then use it to fly around in liftoff simulator. So rather than using an Xbox controller, as I do with the DRL simulator on the Xbox, I'm actually physically using the controller that I used to use and, if I'm honest, probably f at first will use again when I am flying FPV or when I'm getting back into it. And I'm going to, um, I've got a very small, um, I think it's called a tiny whoop, um, a little tiny quad um, that I got, oh crikey, four or five years ago with a little tiny FPV camera in the front. Really cheap, if I'm honest, single cell batteries that you charge up with a little USB thing. So for, actually, I'm saying, here's me saying at the start of the podcast, it's going to cost a lot of money to get into it. It actually doesn't. If you want to get into it properly, yes. But if you just want to practice, go on Amazon and grab one of these, you know, little tiny whoop things and, and a transmitter and get up and running for like a hundred quid. And, um, you know, you can buy a bunch of batteries. You'll get three or four, well, two or three minutes of time out of the batteries. And, you know, I'm not condoning it necessarily. I'm 
not advising you to do it, but if it's safe to do so, go and fly it around in the house, right? Practice in the house. And um, yeah, it's um, a great way to get into it. And it's just getting you back into or getting me back into flying around with a proper, as I would say, controller. Um, and that's how I'm going to get into it. I'm also then going to buy the DJI FPV drone, right? Because um, it's DJI and it works uh, from what I've heard. And, it, and actually the footage looks really good from it. I know a lot of people are mounting GoPros on the top and maybe I'll explore that in the future. But at first, I'm going to get into it with the DJI FPV drone. And there are two things I think about the DJI FPV drone in particular that make me think, yeah, do you know what? I think that is the way forward for me when I go back into doing full-sized FPV. Um, or three things. First of all, I don't have to build it, all right? Although it's going to be more expensive if I have a crash because I'm going to have to replace the body, um, probably, um, or at least send it back to get it repaired. Um, then, yeah, there's that side. So I'm not going to build it. It's got GPS and, um, uh, and like an emergency recovery function built into it. So if you come to a panic and you're not sure which way is up, you can press a button. And all right, it doesn't defy the laws of physics, but it's certainly going to help. Um, when it comes to recovering, it might save the aircraft when I might not have otherwise been able to. Okay. And the third one is that for me, I think, you know, you're not messing around with external cameras. You're not messing around, um, you know, missing having recorded something. Um, it, it just is going to work, I think. So that's what I'm going to go down the route of. Um, that's my planned progression. That's how I've set my goal in accordance with the Monday Motivation podcast that I did this week. Um, and I'm going to try and achieve it. And it'd be great if you wanted to come along and do that as well. Interestingly, um, on that, um, I also, you know, the rumours are that DJI are going to bring out a Cinewoop. So um, moving the kind of going away from the DJI FPV drone that is currently in the market, and the, the DJI FPV, um, which is really, I suppose, based around a racing drone, right? Like that's what it looks like. That's kind of how it, it flies and seems to be designed to fly. Um, albeit it does capture um, cinematic footage, FPV type footage, whilst it's doing it. Um, it looks as though they're, they're potentially bringing out this Cinewoop, um, which will be very much, I think, based around the cinematic side of things. It won't be a racing drone. It'll be more about getting the camera in the air and capturing the F flowing FPV shots that I think are now becoming more synonymous. So if you want to get into this, I would suggest getting into it sooner rather than later, building up your skills so that you're in it and established and doing it and potentially hopefully known for doing it before everybody gets the capability. OK, that's where we thrived when we started doing aerial filming. We had the capability and the skill. And if I was to go out now, as you've, if you've listened to other episodes of the podcast, if I was to go out now and tout my skills, there are people who will pay me two and a half thousand pounds a day to go and fly a drone for them because I am very good at what I did. Right. I'm very good at what I do. And it would take me no time at all to get that work in, get out there and get flying again. All right. It's like f falling off a bike. Once I've taken off and done the control checks, I'll be back there. And within probably a couple of minutes, um, I'll be back quite comfortable um, with doing what I, um, I always used to do. I'm not saying that I would do that if I got a gig or I wanted to start doing it again. I go out and practice, obviously, um, to make sure that I was competent and current before I went out and, f and flew for somebody. Um, but I'm just saying that it is a possibility and I want to be there for the FPV thing, right? So, um, yeah, stand by, clear the decks. Matt's coming through with his FPV drone. Um, you know, I'm, I don't want to get into racing. That isn't where I want to be at. I want to be able to provide um, a 
um, commercially viable solution for people. And I think it's not probably something I'll ever do commercially because I don't want to get back into that commercial drone world. I, I want to help you guys. I want to help the community learn, build and grow. Um, but for me, I think it would be remiss of me not to understand it and know it and be able to do it and do it really well to then be able to teach you or to help you or to mentor you or to coach you in being able to do a similar thing. Um, I think that's where a lot of coaches and things go wrong personally when they're not um, able to do things. It's funny, right? Because um, I was, and this is a slight tangent, and um, but, but relevant, I suppose. It's one of those things where if, for me, if I was to get a personal trainer, I would want that personal trainer to be someone who, personally, I would want them to be someone who was fitter than me, right? Because I want to see that what they are helping me with, what they're guiding me through, is appropriate and it works right and i know i get i get that that isn't always the way i get that that isn't how it works because you don't need to be mega fit and super muscle bound to be a great personal trainer i understand that um, but for me that's how it works likewise um things like um, financial advisors right personally i would want to get financial advice from someone who has been financially successful in the direction I would want to be in if I was getting advice, all right? I wouldn't want to learn the theory necessarily from someone who knows the theory. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. I would want to go with someone who has been there and done it and made their money or made really sound investments. And um, yeah, that, that's just me, right? And I'm the same when it comes to wanting to deliver to you guys out there. Um, I want to be able to hand on heart know that I am good at something and if not, one of the best out there at doing it um, to be able to um, to coach you and guide you and tell you what I think is working. And do you know what? I might be wrong with the whole FPV thing, but I'm just going to lay out my cards on the table. That's what I think is coming next. That's what I think. If you are looking at learning, building and growing a successful drone business and becoming a successful drone pilot, however that success is framed for you, whatever that looks like for you, that's what I think right now you should be getting into. That's what I'm getting into. And um, yeah, but uh, let me know your thoughts, please. I might be, uh, you know, might be barking up the wrong tree. And uh, if you vehemently disagree or if you actually agree with me, then it'd be really nice to hear from you. So um, yeah, please um, drop your comments over into the Drone Mentor Facebook group. Um, come and join us over there if you haven't done so already. Drop me uh, a line on socials or send me an email, hello at thedronementor.com and uh, and let's have a discussion. It's uh, it's great, I think, to be in this community where we're encouraging people to learn and encouraging people to build and encouraging people to grow and we're all helping each other as well because I think for a long time we found that the, the drone world, particularly the commercial drone world, has been, I'm going to say, fairly toxic. Um... Uh, it's been fairly negative and it's about time we all started helping each other okay and stop fighting for the scraps and starting to help advance each other forward collaborating with each other and um, yeah just being positive and bringing that motivation that uh, that you know professional learning mindset so there we are that's it for this episode i hope you have enjoyed it i certainly have um, it's been great to uh, to chat to you and i will catch you in the very next episode but until then Fly safe and blue skies. <laughs>